Welcome to Fashion Your Seatbelt, your first-class seat to one-on-one conversations with the fashion industry's top voices. I'm Jessica Michaud, and I created this podcast to share the joy I have in getting to know all the amazing people who bring this creative, inventive, and extraordinary business to life. You'll get to hear the cadence of their voices, the sound of their laughter, and feel firsthand how passionate they are about what they do. Also, I just want to remind you to leave a review. Stars are really trending right now, and it helps other very stylish listeners like yourself find the show. Now buckle up, and let's get started. Talk about an inspirational story. Paula Wallace, the president and founder of the Savannah College of Art and Design, better known as SCAD, had a singular vision back in September of 1978 to create a world-class art and design college that would prepare students for a global workforce. Under her leadership, SCAD has grown from a small art school with 150 students to a global university that spans three campuses around the world with thousands of students enrolled. Over the years, it's also become recognized as one of the most respected art and design schools in the world, thanks in no small part to President Wallace, who has been the driving force behind its success for 45 years, and today is one of the longest-serving women presidents in the history of U.S. higher education. After speaking with President Wallace and reading her charming book, The Bee and the Acorn, which recounts the origin story of SCAD, the things that stand out about her are her drive, her sense of curiosity, and her overarching desire to make sure her students are at the forefront of creative innovation. She is forever looking for ways for SCAD students, faculty, and alumni to connect, collaborate, and share their unique knowledge and perspectives. And President Wallace clearly believes that creativity is essential not only for economic growth, but also that artists and designers play a vital role in shaping the world. President Wallace, it is such a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for taking the time. Jessica, I'm so glad to meet you. Um, I want to go all the way back to the beginning uh, because I just am so impressed by the audacity of the dream of SCAD. And I want to know about you know, where that drive and belief in yourself came from, you know, because it, it really, you know, brought up from your own soul, really, this whole, this whole school. I just saw a need for it. I saw that there was a need for a compassionate, nurturing university that was also specialized. You know, we always think about professional schools as being medicine or law, but really uh, designers and artists these days need that same sort of professional instruction and tutelage and understanding of what their role in the world is, because I know our students want to change the world. And as an educator, I feel the same way. And, you know, we all have this ripple effect in the world. And as we realize that and recognize it, then we just take our own roles um, seriously and try to try to do the best that we can. I just saw that there was a need for a professional university that focused on the arts and design. And that's what I tried to do. But I also wanted it to include that nurturing kindness, compassion, understanding, uh, respect for others, um, that that sort of um, emotional aspect that I really didn't see sometimes in higher education. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I found it interesting because I know, you know, you have art and design, but fashion also is such a pillar within, within the, the school, within SCAD. And yeah. usually you see fashion schools in the fashion capitals in Paris and London and 
Milan in New York. What made you think that this kind of school could survive in a place like Savannah? It's kind of, again, kind of outside the, the norm in thinking. <laughs> well, I just thought that it was a beautiful place. I felt like um, students would be inspired in Savannah. And now our three locations, Savannah, Atlanta, and Lacoste, um, they all really inspire students in different ways. Students um, need to express themselves. They need to be themselves. And sometimes when they're in um, a very busy, kind of overwhelming um, metropolitan area, they can uh, be consumed with the trends instead of really finding their own voice. And so I just find that our students, um, they want to be themselves and they have something to say. They come from all over the world. And so it creates this unique melting pot in, especially in Savannah in this very kind of nest of a quaint historic seaport town. It's always been an international town because it is a seaport, um, but bringing all of our students from all over the world to Savannah, it just creates this free song between the quaint and the historic and also the new and the different and the evolving and the creative. I just find that students seem to thrive in that environment. Well, that's that's what I've heard from some of your former, former students. They've really praised that the location is so inspiring for them and it's really you know been an activated a lot of their creativity. So you're absolutely spot on with that. The mm -hmm. other thing you talked about family and you know emotion and uh, you know and all of that being part of SCAD and, and I was so impressed to hear your story about how your parents and your husband and you it was a really a family affair and even your daughter the 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 your the arrival of your daughter kind of inspired you to give up your your you know monthly salary as a you know a paid teacher and, and launch this thing. So talk to me about the family aspect of, of creating SCAD. I definitely re received a lot of encouragement from my parents. Um, they gave up their, their came, they came out of retirement and helped me. Um, they donated their retirement savings to start and buy our first building of SCAD. Um, they helped me babysit with my, with my daughter. So I didn't feel, you know, um, guilty about going off and leaving her and working 24 seven at SCAD. My mother joked that we were like um, itinerant workers and that we worked, um, you know, night to day and, and she would say sometimes, well, we only worked half time. We worked 12 hours a day. So <laughs> she, um, she really helped me so much and she inspired me. She always encouraged me um, to, to try new things and to um, just evolve as a person. So I really owe a lot to my parents. We discussed SCAD around my kitchen table and they supported me. They, they believed in the dream that I had to create something good in the world. I will say now um, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people involved in SCAD. So it's not literally my family, although I do feel like they're family. And I do notice, you know, the other day, um, a graduate student wrote to me and she said, I just wanted to thank you because I received such a great education like 25 years ago at SCAD. I pursued my dream job um, in the carpet industry actually. And, um, and she said, now I'm back at SCAD at, in my MFA program and my two daughters are at SCAD in their undergrad. But I find many families have siblings 
that come to SCAD. And now we have legacies, we have second generation um, students whose parents, sometimes they met and married at SCAD, um, at, or sometimes they became business partners and then they told their family or friends about SCAD. So it's grown to be a really big international family. Uh, and we do have that family feel about things. Yeah, family on so many different levels and so many different prisms of the idea of family. It's SCAD has been at the heart of all of that. I, I have to say, I, I look on your website, I look on the social media and you are everywhere. Like there's always an event. There's, you know, I see you at every single thing. I mean, you know, you reinvigorated the downtown, the, the chalk art festival, the you know, sidewalk festival, you know, you've done podcasts, you do, you know, interviews with creatives. I wanted to talk to you really about how you manage, you know, your time and your energy. How do you, you deal with that? Because like you said, it's a, like a 24, seven, 365 day job. How do you kind of focus your energy? How does that work for you kind of on a more specific level? Well, first of all, I have a great team of people at SCAD, so I definitely don't do everything myself. I direct my attention to what I, where I think it's needed at the moment. And if I see something that's, um, I have, you know, an, an idea, a kind of lightning flash idea, we should do this, then I will go forward and get it done. And then I insert myself wherever I feel like I'm needed and definitely directly with our students. I mean, uh, the students are the heart of SCAD and you know, I find such joy in spending time with our students. That's where a lot of my time is devoted. Um, however, now that we have you know, 50,000 plus alumni, I do spend a lot of time with alumni too. And I've created several programs specifically for alumni like um, a funding program to fund their big ideas. Um, like an alumni atelier where they're um, provided with a studio and housing and a stipend to create their, their work that they have been maybe had in the back of their mind for a while that they wanted to create. So a lot of my time now is devoted to alumni. What, what was the, it's so interesting that you say that because I haven't heard other teachers talk about supporting students that are already out in the world, the alumni. What, why did you find yourself drawn to let's continue to support their second act or, or whatever their creative energies are in this moment? What was the thinking behind that? Because it's really interesting. Their aspirations and sometimes, you know, as I gotten to know them when they were students, for instance, um, one graduate who participated in the alumni atelier is Madison Hamburg. Um, I got to know him when he was at SCAD. He had a personal tragedy um, but he persevered and finished his degree. And then we just stayed in touch. And I knew he had a dream to uh, create a documentary actually about the death of his mother. And, um, and so he was one of our alumni atelier and then he created his, his uh, proof of concept film, which he then marketed to HBO. And then it's been on, it's called Murder at Middle Beach. It's been on HBO uh, fairly recently. So that's an example of just the kind of full circle moments that, that are so gratifying to me because I'm able to help and support to fulfill the dreams of our students and alumni. I, I wanna get this right because these are some impressive numbers that I, I saw. So um, the, the academic offering has nearly doubled from 2000 into 2021. Student enrollment has nearly tripled from 2000 fall 2000 to fall 2020. And the university's endowment has grown from less than 1 million in 2000 to 237 million in 2021. Um, that's 
an impressive feat, all of that. Um, how do you instill in your staff and faculty that sense of drive and purpose to get such impressive numbers? How do you, yeah, I wanna know about that leadership aspect. Well, we focus on the mission. Uh, we don't, I mean, the these numbers come as a result of focusing on the mission. So we're, we're in existence to prepare talented students for creative rewarding careers in a positively oriented university environment. And that's what we devote ourselves to. And I think as a result of that, people want to join us, um, new students and families. Families want their students to be at SCAD. When they walk around, parents often say, can I live in this dorm? <laughs> um, or they want to come and join with some of the uh, offerings that we have. And sometimes they do. Um, I, so I just think that it's so appealing when you um, cast yourself in this role of being a creative in an evolving um, inventive environment where you're encouraged. Mm -hmm. And that's what everybody wants. And then our environments at SCAD. I don't know if you've seen any images of our environments at SCAD, but they're just dynamic. They're cool. There is joy. Um, there is surprise and delight around every corner. And people don't want to leave our buildings. And uh, that's one reason the students are so successful. I mean, we we they they spend a lot of time in their classrooms and with their professors. They have very small classes. We have grown, but we maintain the class size at about 20. Um, and so students get a lot of individualized attention. And then they have three advisors. They have a faculty advisor, they have a career and alumni success advisor, and they have a student success advisor who helps them plan out you know, their course of study. And, and many of the students choose to minor, double major and minor, or stay on and get a graduate degree. And so all of these aspects of SCAD, they just kind of come together to create all these unicorns. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you saw um, our recent book that we published called um, Seven Lessons for Dreamers and Makers. No, I the opportunity to help. That. Um, but it's because so many people are out there, they want to have a thriving, rewarding life where they do make a difference in the world. And, um, and they're, they know they're good maybe at math and science and they think, oh, but I can't be creative too. But can. <laughs> and so we do see, especially with some of our newer majors that are more technologically oriented, we do see a lot of people actually not coming out of the art classrooms in high schools, although a lot of those do, but, but from the math and science uh, classrooms, are they're coming to SCAD to invent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a very interesting point that you bring up because what I've noticed about some of your curriculum and you know the, the, the professors that you have at your school it's very much the cutting edge. You're, you're, you seem to be creating classes that are very much ponchu, uh, the word in French is what comes up for me, uh, focused on, on really like, you know, I could almost see, you know, non-fungible token class coming out at SCAD. Like I can see that you guys seem to be very much um, looking towards the future and trying to create classes. Cause I, I know other fashion schools where it's very theoretical, but then they don't know the brass tacks about how to function in the real world, which is not the experience I've seen with SCAD. But go ahead, I think I, you wanted to say something about non-fungible tokens. Oh, I'm, I'm on to that. Um, no, anything that comes up, um, you know, I just like Clo3D, any, anything that comes up, then I've got the students doing workshops and participating and bringing in our alumni to help them to see what the next big opportunity is. So many of our majors do contribute together. I find that our students come in, they're very entrepreneurial. 
and um, very ambitious. And so they, they create their own teams at SCAD. So they may, a filmmaker may then choose someone from fashion to create the costumes for their film and someone from painting and illustration to create the scenic design and someone from sound design to create the soundtrack. And so, so many of the majors do really work so well together. Uh, for instance, a lot of film related programs of study. And as you probably know, Georgia is the number one film producing region in the world. Um, it's it's booming and it, it has been for some time. And so not only do our graduates go to work in that film industry, but really in, in New York, LA, all over the world, um, but we teach visual effects, we teach motion media, we teach sound design, we teach production design, we teach film, we teach dramatic writing. So believe me, anything you need to make a film, we have not only the equipment, uh, but we have the talent. Um, we, you're talking so much about the students. You started the school in 1978. Can you talk to me, has there been an evolution in relationship to the students? Do you see a change in the student body? Um, since you know the way they think, the way they they act, maybe the student body itself. How is how's the student body changed over the years? Well, I studied the generational uh, shifts, and um, and we we have speakers come and speak to our faculty about it too, like Neil Howe, who coined the term millennial. Um, and so the Gen Zers do have different uh, priorities, but you know what? They're very much like the greatest generation. They're very focused on a career. They're, they want a stable life. Um, some of these um, incidents that have happened in their lives, I mean, they've had to um, contend with terrorism. You know, they've had to contend with a pandemic. And, you know, we just find that these students are, they want the stability of a, of a, of a life that they can count on as much as possible going forward. They also want to change the world. Yeah. You know, whereas previous generations may have volunteered for, um, you know, uh, programs, it, it, this, this is not just a volunteer temporary thing. This is with their lives, they want to change the world. Well, that's an interesting point that you bring up because besides the pandemic, and I agree with you that there seems to be a real shift in the way students today um, want to have a work-life balance, want to have an impact on the world, you know, be that the environment, be that, you know, another field. One thing that also came up over the last year and a half was this idea in, of inclusivity and diversity. And I know that a lot of different schools and brands, you know, had a lot of backlash and et cetera. And I was wondering how SCAD, um, I know that you guys really reacted quickly to this issue as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had um, a lot of open mic conversations where we just invited people to just um, share their their thoughts, share their experiences, because, um, you know, we can only each live one life and we haven't all experienced the same things and we need that empathy, we need that respect for other people's um, conditions and situations and thoughts and feelings. And um, so we, we jumped right in to doing that. I mean, SCAD has always been very diverse because you know, we have so many students from other countries and because of the subjects that we teach, you know, they have an innate appreciation that what the other students are doing is difficult and, um, and they admire it. 
So it's not as though the graphic designers um, don't aren't the biggest fans of the painting students. They are, um, and then the painting students are the biggest fans of um, the art historians, and the art historians are the biggest fans of the graphic designers and the illustrators. So it's it's kind of a mutual admiration society within SCAD in that you know all of the different majors do admire uh, the study of the others and they recognize that is what what the other students are doing is very difficult. I do have to ask you about uh, you as a female leader, as an example of a woman in power. I wanted to ask you kind of what kind of life lessons would you want to give to future, you know, to women, to future female leaders? What are the things that you want, the nuggets of knowledge that you've learned over the years that have really helped you along the way that you would want to give to them? Well, I think just to recognize that each person has a deep capacity for knowledge and, um, and all knowledge is not factual. Sometimes we learn through reason, but sometimes we need to attend to feelings. And maybe that's something that is more um, seen in women leaders that we um, think of both, that facts and, um, and reasoning are very important. Um, knowledge is very important. But when you combine facts with feelings, that's when you get into the realm of insight. And I think that's what propels us forward. I also think, you know, basically I'm, I'm an optimistic person. I mean, you go into education because it is about changing people's knowledge, their lives, their behavior. Um, and you feel that you can, you can make a difference and you can do good in the world. I mean, you know, I think every person though feels that there's a destiny to, um, to accomplish something in the world, in their lifetime. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. So basically having done it all, um, pretty much everything. I mean, I've, again, like I've read your book and it's just, it, it's impressive everything you've been able to accomplish with SCAD and, and all of the different campuses and the students and the growth. What legacy do you want to leave for SCAD? I, I hate asking this question. It's such a generic question, but I mean, where do you see SCAD going from here for the future? Mm -hmm. It is about the people involved. And, um, you know, I, it, I'm just, I'm gratified at this point just to see um, what everyone at SCAD is doing and what they've done after they've graduated. And, you know, we have an amazing faculty and staff too. Um, and it's just, a joy for me to work with them every day. I, my legacy is the people. Um, you know, there there are these campuses. There are there is all the architecture, all the um, hardware, but it's really about the people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So now I have to ask you the five generic fashion questions that I ask everybody who I've ever interviewed. So some of these might maybe not be particularly in your real house, but I think you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. um, so the first generic fashion question is. What is your favorite piece of clothing that you own that you love above all others that you would take with you if you had to leave the country? Mm -hmm. um, my evil eye bracelet. Oh yeah, why? Well, um, two of my alums from Istanbul gave me that uh, bracelet years ago and um, it just reminds me of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, 
you know, buying a, a piece of clothing or investing in, in a piece of fashion, a luxury piece, it's, you know, it's a costly thing. It, it's not something that most people can afford. But if there was one item of clothing or, or accessory that you think that it's worth saving your pennies for to buy, what would that be? Hmm. Well, I'd look for a great belt because you can, it doesn't take up much space when you travel and you can definitely change out your, your outfits uh, depending on, uh, on, you know, what you need. So, I mean, I would say a great belt. Okay, good to know. That's a new one for me, a great belt. That's true. When we wear it high, wear it low. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can take a, a trench coat and put a belt on it and it can be a dress. Um, you know, I just had a situation yesterday where I whipped out a belt. I brought one belt with me <laughs> and I whipped it out and kind of changed the, uh, the outfit that I was wearing and it was more suitable for the occasion. The magic of a belt, noted. Okay, who is your favorite designer, living or dead? Oh, I, you know, I know so many of them. It's not, I, um, hmm. I, you know, I've worn a lot of Marnie over the years, uh, but I don't even know who the designer is. Oh, hello, yeah, okay. No. Okay. Marnie, yeah, very artistic. That makes sense. That's one that I haven't, no, I haven't met, but recently everybody at SCAD has been wearing Christopher John Rogers's collection out of Target. In fact, we even did like a whole photo shoot of students and faculty and staff all wearing uh, CJR. So, you know, and his company is made up of SCAD graduates. It's not just Christopher. It's like several SCAD graduates who are working there. Christina and David. And yeah, so it's, a, it's, that's a family. Yeah, there's another family. Well, I, I interviewed Christopher just last year and he only had the sweetest things to say about you and SCAD. He just thought you were the, the bee's knees, if I can say that. that sounds He's a doll. He's a doll. <laughs> um, so two more questions. The second to last question is, what trend will you never follow? I try to avoid kind of oversized because, you know, I'm only five feet tall. So even though I admire the uh, that kind of slouchy, oversized, loose look, <laughs> it, it doesn't suit me because, you know, I'm so small. I look like I'm waddling around in my, you know, hand-me-down clothes from, you know, uh, a relative a few generations in, uh, ahead of me. <laughs> oh, I, I feel you. There are so many, so many styles out there that I admire, but I know that I'll never be able, they're not for me. I can admire them from a distance for sure. Not for you, not for you. <laughs> um, all right, last question is, what do you love most about fashion? Fashion? Well, you know, it's part of your identity. It's a means of communicating um, who you are. And I think of extending yourself to another person, even if you don't talk to them, um, they see something that you have on. Maybe it's um, like in this painting, you know, a, a bright pop of poppy red, and that lifts their feelings too. Or maybe um, it's, it's just one color that is, um, it just kind of makes a statement across a room. And um, it causes someone to think of, you know, the sea or um, a field of, um, you know, blowing grass or something. So I just think that the allusions to nature and the, um, the identity and um, communication power of fashion, I love. 
President Wallace, thank you so much for taking the time. It has been an honor to speak with you. Hopefully we get to do it in person sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Lovely day. Thank you. Bye. Don't want to miss an episode of Fashion Your Seatbelt? No problem. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and click on the subscribe button. Then every new episode will drop into your feed automatically. No fuss, no muss. Believe me, I know. I'm Jessica Michaud.